Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We are so glad you are here. If you are here for the first time, we do this every single day. Let me share with you where you can find our schedule. It is right there, sellbetter.xyz, or by scanning that nice little beautiful QR code on your screen. Um, Big, huge shout out to our partners, our sponsors, Gong, JB Sales, and Vidyard. We have a uh, Linky Lou going into the chat for you. Vidyard has a brand new AI-powered prospecting tool all about automating your outbound selling. Check it out. There's a link in there. Brian and I have been having this debate. Um, Brian is here today to talk to us about making sure that we can have a nice full pipeline going into 2024. But we're having this debate about holiday latte flavors. It's pretty heated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, important important moment. Yeah, important moment. I don't know your holiday flavor uh, preference, um, but you know, I really think at this time of year there's really only creme brulee, um, and that's that's it. You know, the creme brulee latte. I don't know. So everyone, change your chat settings over in the chat to everyone. I said creme brulee. Is it? I was going to say creme brulee. Creme brulee sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think I have my head on dessert, but I meant caramel brulee. Anyway, that's what I mean. Change your settings to everyone. I want to hear. You got to tell me what your favorite latte is. Are you like pumpkin spice, gingerbread, apple? There's that new apple one. Apple and coffee. Just I don't know. I can't can't get behind that one yet. Maybe like a peppermint mocha. Oh, cinnamon dolce. Okay, Nicole. Okay. All right. I've been there. I've been there. I understand that one. Yeah, I've been there. Nobody else likes coffee here today. No, everyone else is like, or or they haven't had their coffee. Oh. I, Matt Jameson, oh, coffee optional. Yeah, we'll just cut the coffee out. Jameson is a very popular holiday flavor. Um, Shout but I, out to all those basic PSL girls, okay? I see you, Brooke. Anyway. Sorry. I love a pumpkin spice. I mean, it's just something so refreshing and seasonal. I do want to see who's in the room. So let's take a peek and see who we got joining us in the room here today. As you're filling that out, we are going to share what we're talking about. Um, maybe if you came from the interwebs, you thought this was about concrete stair building or cornbread making. But today we're going to be talking about driving sales revenue, proven ways, like how do you keep your funnel up to date? What are some things you should be asking yourself? And then something that Brian and I have talked about that I just really like latched onto, and it's something that I think you share like beautiful examples of this is employing that team that helps you reach the goals that you set. So we're going to end on that note. But to get us kicked off here, I would love if you could just open us up by talking about this idea of an efficiency mindset. Do you, why don't you define and then I'll, you know, we'll go into it. Sounds good. Hey, everybody. Brian Elsesser here. I'll, I'll maybe just start by saying it's not often you get to meet a superhero. And I know that, but uh, Leslie met me uh, back in uh, of, <laughs> annual of what? 2023, Sastra annual 2023. And it was in that moment, or 2022, it was in that moment that she said, I found my hero. I understand, Leslie. It's good to see you too. Um, if it, it, <laughs> uh, we'll have a lot of fun today. I, efficiency is going to be and has been probably something you all have been 
engaging with this year. I would venture to guess that every single one of us has had to engage with it, whether we're seeing rift plans, which are really unpopular and really painful. And I'm, if you explore, if you experience that firsthand and you're on this call, I'm sorry that you've had to go through that. I've been there and it really is painful. Um, but also I think if you are, uh, if you are looking at 2024 and thinking about, well, is it going to continue? Are these rift moments going to continue? Are these moments of like, how do we get more out of less going to continue? I would say that you, it's time to shift our mindset. Um, we need to be better prepped for that, right? It's like, we're going to a sales call. You don't go into a sales call without being fully prepped for the sales call, right? You need to understand who you're going to talk to. You understand what, what their competitors are and what the products they sell and everything. You need to be fully prepped. To be fully prepped for 2024 means as us as sellers, we need to be fully prepped for an efficiency mindset. And what that means is if the business wants more for less, how do we provide more? And I've been personally shifting my mindset to being uh, running my day as a business owner, and it's been helping. Um, so maybe that's where I start, Leslie. It's like it's uh, it's um, me shifting my mindset to being a, a business owner. And I think like a lot of times we hear this. I hear managers say it. I had a director. This is how we started our day every day where it's like you own your book of business. That's your territory. Treat it that way. What does that really mean for you? I so I'm going to I'll get into the nitty gritty here. OK, like here's my here's my I had to get a different light. This light behind me is driving me crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so here here's kind of here's kind of my thought on this. If you're running your business, it means that you understand your funnel and your pipeline, right? But let's go a step further. That's like really stupid. Like that's everyone in this room goes, yeah, Brian, whatever. On, we all know that when managing up, we report pipeline. If you've been in sales, you have to report your pipeline. What's forecasted for this month? What's forecasted for this quarter? Right? I love that question. What do you expect to close by end of Q4? Well, th what conversations haven't I had yet? I have. Yeah. Hold on. Where's my crystal ball? Let me just see. Oh, here it is. Okay. It, it, they're, they're, it's my favorite thing. So then we hold on the pipeline, right? Raise your hand um, if you've, I don't know if you can raise a hand. Or plus one in yeah, the plus chat. One. Plus one in the chat. If you've ever had to um, forecast or hold on to a pipeline that you're like, might close this quarter, but it'd be a real stretch. But you're like, I'm reporting it as pipeline. Look at my robust pipeline. Don't tell me if I don't see more ones, you're all liars. Okay. I've done it all the time. All right. It's absolutely the case. We hold on to this random pipeline of like, oh yeah, it's there. But we know deep down in our life that that stuff's not coming in, right? Like it's just not going to close this quarter. It might close soon, maybe next quarter or quarter after or sometime seven years from now, but it's not closing now. And so what what happens is that as sellers, we're, we're kind of already not operating in an efficiency mindset. I personally think like running your pipeline means get rid of all, excuse my, I'm going to curse now, but get rid of all the bullshit. You got to get rid of it. Um, you need to be brutally honest with yourself. And I've been really embracing brutally honest with your leadership on what's coming in. It, it's, there's really no way. It, like, and I love it, right? I had, um, <laughs> I got a note the other day from one of the teams that I support finance had sent a note saying the, the uh, pipeline is, is quite smaller than what it was. It, this is a, a small pipeline. I'm like, yes, you are, you know what? Crushing it. You absolutely can read a pipeline forecast. I said, by the way, can you take a look at what the conversion rate is? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 4X, 5X. Yeah, it is. It's much higher. Why? Because I'm reporting on what's real. 
I'm not sloughing it, man. And then that's really the diff- the differentiator is if you're being honest, then you know what to report. Now, the second piece of that is then you need to do the job to fill and put more things in that can be real. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put this out there for all of us, okay? This is going to be, again, I'm, I'm going to be punchy today, but I'm going to upset a lot of people. People are, it, Leslie's going to be mad, but like people are not coming back to JB. Uh, to the, uh, to the sell better, uh, podcast, they just not coming back. They don't want to talk to us anymore. I get Leslie. I'm so, um, but the thing here is that none of us work that hard. Um, and you're going to yell at me and say, we all work really hard. I get it. I, I understand. I think we all think we work hard. Um, and I think that we also make sure that we have time for that coffee run, that walk outside, that leisure time, that downtime, we're going to turn off at five. I want to watch my TV, my, my, my TV soaps. Okay. I don't, I don't care. Like whatever you're, what's it? Um, if you're a, so if you watch TV soaps, I, I, I'm sorry. I, are I you a soap it. guy? I'm not a soap guy, but it, uh, <laughs> um, I apologize for those that are, but that said, like, I don't want to take away from your personal time, but we don't work that hard. Um, I think a lot of us can phone it in certain quarters, especially if we know we have the pipeline to hit our goal. And we're like, hey, we're at goal. So why do we need to work harder than hitting goal? And I personally think an efficiency mindset doesn't understand the word goal. There is no goal. The goal is like, how much money can I literally make right now? Could I close a few things? Could I get more done? And with the way I've been operating, like I have, uh, so my wife is expecting, we're expecting our fifth kid. Um, so uh, when I, the way I've been operating is like, I want to buy more Christmas presents for the kids. How am I going to do that? Got to close another deal. Um, and so... Uh, it's, it's this mindset of just shifting. All right. I'm going to go down one more, there, one more, uh, explanation. I, if anyone can tell it's nine, 10 in the morning on the Pacific coast, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I've had three cups of coffee this morning. None of them, mind you, a, a caramel brulee latte, but I've had coffee. You have to go through all the other flavors to get, yeah, it's, yeah, it had, yeah, it's, I really have to do my homework here. Um, I want to die. I want to just add some things. So my background, y'all, if you don't know who I am, I'm, I spent several years as a VP of sales, leading teams, growing them, also building outbound pipeline uh, as a, an SDR leader, de- designer, if you will. And here's the thing behind the riff. Okay. And I think it's, if you understand why businesses are doing this, it changes how you operate. I just, the riff is very simple. Companies got Lots of funding in 21 and 22, tons, tons and tons and tons. And it was a grow at all costs mentality, meaning like didn't matter how much money they spent, they could bleed out as much money possible, just as long as they could put headcount into it to grow. Okay. Important to know because in 23, when now venture capital is non-existent and the burn rate of carrying everyone's salary is so high, they can't do that anymore. So the only way they get money is if we sell. That's it. So if you have a company, many of you might, and it may be another plus one. Plus one, if it seems like your company sends better leads to one individual on your team or two individuals on your team. Love to see if anybody has that. Seems could seems be a like. keyword. Seems. Seems like. I know. Yeah, here we go. They're coming up. Right? <laughs> I see this too. It happens. But here's the thing. Companies, a lot of leadership teams that are employing this efficiency model are going, hey, I could actually three or four or five X my return by giving my top performer the best leads. Mm. I can give them more because they'll close them. They'll close them quicker. So if we are going to prep ourselves for 2024, we need to know that this is how teams are operating. 
it means that we need to shift our mindset into making it so that we're going to do more ourselves. That's how we survive 24. Um, so I'm hoping today give, to give you some some tips and tricks for that. That's kind of yeah. I want to. I was looking at the poll of who's in the room, and there's a good handful of people who are either SDR BDR or SDR BDR leaders. And I think this comes up too with like meeting set. It's like what's that conversion rate? To your point of the pipeline smaller, but my conversion rate is higher to SAO or accepted opportunity. Same thing with SDRs, right? Like that quality control of having the meetings that convert similar goes yeah. to the exact same pipeline a hundred percent well okay so so let's go down the road of, of sdr for a second there is a lot of sdr leaders in here um uh i've uh i've loved leading sdr teams i'll be the biggest champion of, F of sdrs in the world and i think it's the it's the unsung heroes of sales first off just let's put this out there i love companies that are like hey see that guy that's never sold anything before or that gal over there that's never written an outbound email I have an idea. I want to bring them in, okay, to my company and make them fully responsible for whether or not we grow this year. Okay, this is SDR in a nutshell, um, and it's it's uh, amazing because every single one of us that's either ever been an SDR or that is currently wakes up bright eye and bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to tackle it every effing day. You're all my heroes. I just want to put this out there for you, okay? But here's the thing: you're not dumb. None of you are. And we almost as as tech companies historically have treated these individuals like they set appointments. That's it. Okay. Like, oh, you're you're just an SDR. Go go set more appointments. Okay. Like, what does that even mean? We have to get down to the brass tacks here. We just said that teams are getting more efficient. Efficiency is completely relevant to revenue, right? Efficiency, revenue, two and the same. That is literally the piece. So if we're all really focused on revenue, meeting set means absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's pointless. And I love you all. So how do we become more relevant? Get your SDRs working down the funnel more. It's that simple. I, if you look, right, there's two, there's two types of lead. Well, maybe more than that, but let's just boil it down to really, really simplicity. Outbound and inbound, right? The end. If I have an AE team that closes outbound and inbound, and I have this, I have, I have to choose between this, I don't know, $20,000 deal that's inbound, right? The person's raising their hand saying, hey, help me. I want to buy your product, okay? That or the outbound one that's like, I don't understand. Who are you? Which one are you going to sell? Okay, so, right, that's, I know. I know, and I wish people were like, no, I, I have these conversations all the time with VPs. They're like, no, my team wouldn't do that. They are going to close deals because they're going to close what's there. No, you're all dreaming. They do this every single day, okay? We do this. We will close the deal that's raising their hand. Why? Because it's it's we're trying to prioritize our time. There's only eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 if you're me, in a day. Uh, and so you need to you need to be able to operate efficiently. So how do you do it? You close what you can. And so if, if we are going to have to choose between leads, then we need to have help and we need to deploy people to help things get down on the funnel. SDRs, you can help people get down the funnel. You can bring in more key stakeholders. You, you can make sure or that the post um, the post meeting follow ups are done and sent and sent on behalf of you and that AE. You can work hand in hand to check in on that pipeline and say, "Hey, it's been a while since we talked about this deal. What's something else that I could give them that's a value add right now?" You could invite them to that team dinner that's going to be in New York that's coming up. You are empowered instead of just setting meetings. Enable your revenue. Enable the close. And if you do that, you're going to enable yourself into more rules, more responsibility, 
and away from any sort of potential rift plan your company might have to do. I like that, especially that empire. Okay, I want to pull up this list that we kind of came up with, you came up with, aka, and we've talked about a couple of these, but um, when we're talking about controlling our pipeline, you yeah. talked about getting really honest with our funnel, but talk to me about the KPI piece and where this comes into play. Yeah, I, I, um, we all have to know our sales math, right? Um, I think actually in this room here, I'm going to call him out, but I'm pretty sure I saw Nick Graham. He hears his name right now. He's just laughing. This is a dude though. Uh, if yeah, he's here. This is my first manager in sales. Okay. And my, one of my longtime sales heroes, but Nick, Nick was one of the first people to ever outline for me, the importance of understanding your sales math inputs and outputs. It's what it comes down to, right? Like we know what number X number of inputs equals X number of outputs, but X number of quality inputs equals X number of quality outputs. We know this, right? It's very, very simple. But that said, here's, let's go just a little bit deeper. Right now, you need to know your KPIs. What does it take for you to close a deal? Not what your manager is saying, hey, you need to do 80, 80 to 100 emails every single day. If you don't do that, you didn't do your job. No, that I don't, I don't actually agree with that anymore. Um, used to because I think we all were trying to showcase movement. But right now, I I have um, Mona Darwish is a person that works with me right now. Uh, and she's someone that enables me, right? We talk all the time about messages that she could send. And one of the things I've said to Mona is, hey, I would much rather you send eight to 10 of the best emails that literally are just golden every day than you to pound out 80 emails that are mindless and dumb and, and don't mean anything. The, our, our buyers are saturated, right? Like we, the buyer has, the journey has changed since I've gotten into sales. I think every time I take a training, it goes from like, I used to make the, I, I always talk about this, like the first training I ever took, 71% of buyers understand how your product works before they get on the phone. And then you take another one, it's like 82% of buyers. And then they get on again at 88, let's just, agree people are doing more research before they get on a phone with you so the buyer journey is changing we need to really embrace that change so how do we serve that change okay um it should change how you're engaging and so i i personally think to to write a message or engage with someone and not just be fully functional as a human in doing so and saying hey um i i saw that you know, you, this content that you did with us two years ago was really relevant, really took off. Uh, it's been a while since we engaged, but I just thought we should maybe touch base. It's been some time. That note will do better than the, here's all the reasons why AI is going to help you this year. With me? I don't know. I think that you can have smarter touch points. So you need to know your KPIs. Second is then you need to hold to them. Every single one of us will give up mentally before we need to. I was in karate as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, something like that. Anyway, okay. and it was a child. It was child, eight to 10, somewhere. And uh, we were we were doing our, we were doing push-ups. And I remember like the, it was, it was a belt. It was a belt moment. It was going from, I think my green belt and uh, the sensei's up front and he's yelling at us, do more push-ups. You can do another. And like, you hear all these kids going, ah, ah. you know, it's like, it's like pain in the background. And like, it's everyone everyone's just dying in the background and he's like the difference between you doing another push-up and the pain is that it's mental thought that was interesting hmm. we give up before our body does 
we can do more, but mentally we give up before our body does. Now, I've been applying that principle throughout my life. And one of those lessons that kind of stuck with me. Um, and one of those things is like, I, I instantly even, even running, like yesterday it started raining in the middle of my run and I hate running, I, but I do it as I do it every day. I have a running trainer, but I do it because it's a challenge. Um, I'm one of those sadistic people that like seeks things anyway. Yeah. Um, but as I'm out in the middle of these, uh, this run and I'm, I'm careening down the road, it starts pouring and I had this moment of choice, right? I could turn around. I could even call an Uber right now and get home. Like, it's fine. I could, I could call quits or I could just be like, okay, it's raining. Like get over it and get through it. We have choices. So the same thing happens with our KPIs. We have a choice to complete what we need to do in a given day. Um, and I, I, I'll put this out there, like, um, us giving up prior to that goal being hit. If we're behind in a month, if we're behind in a quarter, if you're not, if you're at the end of a month and you're behind and you have not closed what you need to, it doesn't matter. If there's 48 hours left in that month, that month is not over. You can turn that month around 24 hours. Same thing. going to be harder, but you can turn it around. If you give up on it, it's you giving up prior to it actually being given up on. I'm putting that out there for all of you because I, I deal with this every single month, every single quarter. Great yeah. question to yourself. Yeah. Okay. So understanding your your metrics, not just like what's required of you, not just what the company requires, but like how can you play into that? Keeping your funnel true, your conversion rates are higher, you're honest with yourself, you're not getting the happy ears. We, and then like, I think there's so many times and I've done it myself where it's like, I have all these ideas, these plans, and I know what I need to do, but like that actual execution of something is there something that you found personally for yourself that like drives that action, that execution piece of it? I, I think it's, um, I think it's different for all of us. Um, when I was at, when I was at Saster, well, I'm, I'm helping Saster now, but I was, when I was for Saster's VP of sales, um, we had joined that team. There was only one other seller. We had to build that team up. They were doing maybe just shy of, no, it, it, I forget what it, it was. It was sub 10 million um, in, in new money. Uh, it was right after COVID. Um, but we needed to pick things up. So within 20 months with four AEs and two SDRs, that team did about 25 million in revenue uh, without any ARR. So we had to resell the whole bag. Um, and the only thing I can, re I can recall, and I, I, I reflect on that time a lot, was that every single one of us, myself included, would just, there was no such thing as stopping. When you work with a, like there's, back to Brian's things that'll piss people off today. I, I think that there is, there is, there's a, demo, there's like a percentage base of like how people tick. Um, and I, t I tell founders and other sellers this all the time because it, it, it should want to, it should want to adjust or tune up what you do. Like 10% of sellers probably don't belong in sales. Okay. I don't think that's anyone on this call because if you're listening to this, you want to invest in yourself. So congratulations to all of you. You're not in 10%. 80% of us, okay, are B players. And what I mean by that, a B player is someone that could do more. Maybe it's not the right product for you. Maybe you don't, you're, you're new and you're, you're still getting your skills underneath. Maybe you just like, you're not investing in the day. I don't know, but there's 80% of us that could do more. They finish, you're, you're, you'll know if you're an 80%er if you finish every single quarter or every single year 
70 to 80% to your target. And anybody that yells at me, yeah, Brian, but that they move the target on me, you should be living at somewhere between 30 to 50% above target anyway. Okay. Like that's, I'll get there in a minute, which that's really going to be painful for a lot of people. And I think I just saw 10 more people leave this chat because of that. Okay. So there's that. Okay. The third, third, the third, the third is 9% of sellers, I think are A players. So A players, you're living somewhere between 100 and 120% of goal every single time. That's just where you live. Okay. A players. Okay. And then there's the one percenters. The one percenters are the people that just don't stop. There is no goal. What is a goal? I could sell more. That's all it is. Okay. When I sell, I've actually removed percentages from what I look at. I look at actual revenue impact. Okay. One of the companies I support right now, I'll do a million two in sales for them. That's about a 300% return on their year. Okay. Another big company that I sell for, I'll do over $10 million in sales for personally this year. Okay. And yes, I sell for two companies. All right. But that 10, that $10 million in sales is probably uh, uh, 300% on what other people have done. And that's not, I'm not different than others in that, on that team. They only hire people that can perform at that level that will perform against all odds and perform in a market that is crazy bad. Okay. And I also am honest with myself and I'm very honest and I will not sell something that I don't fully believe in or that I can't very quickly understand and craft a message behind the value. All right. I met a founder the other day, the other day, about a year or two years ago, the product was so advanced, incredible product. They were insanely built. It was awesome. Okay. But because they solve so many, so many different value stories, I couldn't quickly craft the value prop that made sense. That's a problem. It means I wasn't good at that sale, right? It's not a fit for you. It's not a fit for me. And each of us, like if you sell into IT, you can talk language that I can't tell you right now. If you know how to sell sponsorships, great. You're going to sell differently than a person that can sell B2B tech. If you sell manufacturing supplies, different than somebody that sells advertising. There is something to understand behind knowing where your place is and what you're good at and where you can resonate with a market. Right. You thrive in a different way. I think same with like um, size of company. It's like you talk about industry too. I felt like I had to figure out for myself. It's like I worked in the giant Fortune 500s. I worked in the tiny family owned. Like where where do I fit best? Where do I make the biggest impact? Where do I get most excited? Yeah. Yeah, I I uh I mean I I I started my career at really really big organizations, right? I was at AT&T for a while. Uh, I sold Yellow, with with Yellow Pages. Um I went to Yext, which was a really big sta- SaaS startup. But where I found that I love and I live is in really really early stage B2B tech companies. I love the earliest stage. But you find like early stage people we're all just Rare different than late. We're different than the later stage people, and we all have our our skills, but they're just very different, you know. Yeah. Okay, I want to touch on one more topic um, before we hit up questions. But if you have questions that came up or things that you thought about throughout our chat, if you could put them in the Q and A section, it's a separate button from chat at the bottom of your screen. You can also click the thumbs up to upvote other people's questions if you want to hear Brian's answer to that. But you touched on this with the SDR-BDR relationship. We talked about this idea of people who enable your goals, whatever position you're in in an organization, like building this network of people who enable your goals and and kind of deploying this idea of 
uh, community and group. Tell me a little bit more about like ways that you've seen this happen, things that you're doing for yourself. I, I, I know there's leaders on this call, so I'm going to, I'm going to start there. Yeah. Be the leader that removes the obstacles from your team. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, okay. But, 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 but actually do it. What I mean, right. So, um, I hate Salesforce. Any Salesforce sellers on here, I'm sorry, it's not against you and and I love the company and what it does and what it stands for, but I can't update my my records for the life of me just because of how fast I move sometimes. I'm like, oh my God. And then by the time I get there, I'm like 25 steps deep into updating my pipeline to make sure that it's reflective. Okay. I'll be the first to tell you. Now, that said, my Notion docs are detailed. Why? Because I just know what I need to have to know what funnel is good funnel what I can keep really quick and I can quickly update Notion in maybe five seconds. Whereas Salesforce takes at least 30 minutes to close one deal if I want to close a deal. It drives me nuts. Okay. If I want to update a deal, that's anyway, that's for a sales. That's for, that's for next time. Join us on sales ops tips. Um, but but that is, that is for next time. So so what one of the things that I had this conversation with um, uh, one of the teams they were they had brought up Brian, like we really need better Salesforce cleanup from you. And I had said, look, I'm swamped, right? Like, but it doesn't mean I don't have good pipeline. Let me show you where I can keep it. And the, this is the definition of a good leader. Okay. The leader goes, wow, it's all right here. Yeah. It's all right there. Don't worry about Salesforce. I'll take care of Salesforce for you. Hmm. I just want you to sell, go close. Okay. Different than a leader that says, if that's not done by Wednesday, we have to have another conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Be the leader that removes the obstacles from your sellers. That is the key. I love this. Someone goes, if that were only the case, but it is the case. Okay. It is the case that 1% of sales leadership love that. Yes. That is the case. Okay. Um, you need to be able to remove the obstacles from your team. I think the other thing, right. Um, so often we're like, hey, where, where else could we be selling? Where else could we be doing things? Right? Leaders, I'm sure that's a question that's come up in your brain. How about where should we, where should we be selling right now to close revenue? We so often forget about the lowest hanging fruit. It's dumb. I, I can't tell you how many times I had to set reminders for myself when I was leading teams to say, oh, go pull a close loss report from six months ago. <laughs> Why? Cause I just forgot, right? It was like, yep. there's so many demands on us. You have to peep the, the check marks in there. Okay. So that's part one, two people that enable you. So, um, I love selling outbound deals. I actually personally love outbound. I love outbound people. I love the outbound story. I love the outbound motion. I love telling the story to somebody that wants to help. doesn't mean I don't like closing the inbound deals, but I can do that really fast, right? Some of those meetings, I won't lie, especially on a transactional basis. If it's a truly transactional deal, it could be a 15 minute call because like it just, they, they raise their hand. They know who we are. It's like, okay, come on. But I love the outbound motion. That said, I want more, right? I want more outbound leads. I will generate my own outbound meetings. I will generate my own outbound sales. Okay. But I also will deploy people to go do it too, because I know that if I can bring people in, if I can have them enable me, great. And then the best ones, the best SDRs, the best meeting setters, the best colleagues that I have. I have a junior account executive. That's who I work with. The best junior AE that I have. She literally goes in and gives me detailed notes on the meeting. Full details. What we're meeting on, who I'm meeting with, what the history is, 
what background, if any, they have on the company, what was the general int- uh, sentiment on the initial call. It's all there. Every single piece. It saves me so much time. It also means I can start that next call without starting from the beginning. Well, why are we having this call today? That's got to be annoying customer experience. Find the people that enable you. So two, two, two points here just to rekindle. One, find the thing that's in your way of closing more deals right now and remove it. it. How do you remove it? Have a very honest conversation with leadership. Go find someone. Go get your little brother that isn't doing anything later and pay him $5.15 an hour or whatever it is to go and update your sales force. I don't care, but find something to remove the, the annoying piece. The second piece is make sure that you go and get a detailed individual that can enable the thing that you're best at. If it's outbound, get someone to help you do more outbound. If it's inbound, get someone to get the close loss report from inbound to go outbound against that and get it become inbound again, right? But find a thing that's going to be do it. Okay. And I think like so much of what I'm hearing is really just knowing yourself and understanding, like having some self-awareness in here too. Yeah. And figuring out what works for you, right? Like how much of this is trial and error for you? Yeah, I, I, years, I think I, and right? that's that's where, yes, I think that's where, um, that's my cheat code, right? Is that I've been doing this long enough. But I think the other cheat code is, and this, so my my early, before I ever got into sales, I was a singer. That's what I, that's what I did. Um, and so you knew that. Don't even give me that look. Try to act surprised. Karaoke, next show. Yeah, yes. Join us on the third edition. (laughs) Karaoke with Leslie and Brian. Uh, um, We got my music teacher at the time. um, So I was traveling right around the world doing this and singing. I sang throughout the United States. I sang in Austria. But my my teacher said to me, he goes, hey, like, I want you to start keeping a journal against Mm -hmm. yourself on the things that you need to reflect on. He's like, you know, you need to do work on yourself, right? Because that is the only way in which you're actually going to grow. I still do that. And it's it's a real deep lesson in EQ, but it's also a true honesty moment because I it, you'll find, at least I've always found, if something's not true, I can't write it down. Yeah. Um, I can't put something on paper that's not there. So if I need work on, hey, like I'm not spending enough time developing deals therefore i my close loss ratio is high then i need to make sure i'm spending time there right i keep my own analytics so i keep my number of meetings i keep my number of emails i keep my number of calls i keep my own my own conversion rates i showcase my average arpa or average revenue per acquisition um i do all these detailed notes my own sales ops if you will so that literally data can tell any story but i'd like to be the one that tells that story i don't Mm -hmm. need somebody to tell me the story that i have behind my own metrics that's just part of that honesty and i put it into that book yeah yeah okay let's jump over to some questions really quick all right game on are you ready um how important is it to be supported and coached by or as a newbie in an early stage b2b to succeed as their only sdr yeah i look i I, um there's a lot of answers to that the answer is it's extremely important to be coached um but i don't i don't think just the leader on that team should be the coach so you should go and find a circle of people that you trust if you don't have that today then like work on it right you can go to different meetups you can go to different um networking places find people that you can add to your circle 
and get them there. Because when you, you do, you'll get very honest coaching. I've always kept a tight circle of people that I trust. Yeah. Uh, internal and external to the org. Is that like you're internal always looking and for- If uh, Internal is going to be good, right? I remember um, there's a guy named Pete in the early stage of sales. And I, I used to bug Pete constantly for sales tips. And I'd say, Pete, how, work with me. Pete, what's the answer? Pete, he's the number one sales guy, right? And he kept, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, next time, meaning he was blowing me off. And I remember finally I made a big sale at the office and he goes, hey man, nice job on that sale. I said, thank you. Because if you want tips on how to get better, come see me tomorrow. And I had earned it, right? He but he was it. someone internal and he worked with me literally for six months. And then the last tip he gave me actually made it so that I fully understand how to run a book. And it was like the best piece of advice I'd ever been given in sales. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. It was like this whole planning strategy on how to run your renewals first, understand your churn, make up for the churn, kick deals out that you know will close, but close later into the future. It was a whole plan that he had ripped out for me that was specific to the type of sale that we were doing. Yeah. But uh, but that was a good moment, but I had to earn it, right? But it was came from internal. External, it's important. I, I think you have Pavilion, uh, GTM United, Scott Lease, you have Jay Barrow Sales, you have, there's so many places you can go that will help elevate your career at the point where you are. And it doesn't mean that like it's only for junior people. You all mm-hmm. need to have a circle. So yeah, for sure. Um, so I saw this in the chat a few times. There's one in the Q and A too, asking about adjusting outreach tactics based on new email rules, Gmail, Yahoo. If you haven't seen it, kind of cracking down on math, yeah, spam cannons. Yes, thoughts on that? Well, they, it's a five thousand email a day limit that they're cracking down on. Okay, so let's just start by saying if you're doing 5,000 emails a day, then let's go back to my first comment of like, stop doing that yesterday. Stop. Just stop doing it. Spray and pray doesn't work. All right. Know who you're reaching out to. Um, so I uh, I sell to a C-suite. That's what I, I mostly sell to CEOs, CROs, CMOs, mostly. That's generally the three roles that I sell to. Sometimes I'll sell into their work, but mostly I sell to those individuals. And if I send any of those individuals something that could be considered can spam, I not only that, these individuals would go to my CEO and say, hey, I thought you guys didn't do this. I thought you guys didn't believe in this. And I will get my butt kicked, right? Yeah. Get rid of it. You need to be one-to-one in your comms. Have an inspiration for reach out, okay? So I went to my marketing department and said, hey, I'm reaching out to this company. I want to get back in touch with them. I need a reason to reach out to them. Can you do a post today that incorporates them? They said, yeah. And then it went up on Twitter. And then I took a screenshot and said, hey, we're promoting you all today. You find authentic ways to do reach out. Right. Right. Um, Kevin asked, Brian, can you give an example of any of those mindless emails? People do 80 to 100 a day. Like what what do you typically see in those? if it starts with high first name, you already, that's it. I don't even, that's the perfect, perfect example. Anything with the brackets, high first name, delete, just that's already dead. Okay. I used to do snippets of the value story. You can do the snippet and then include the snippet, delete, delete it. None of that is authentic. None of that matters. Whenever we do snippets of anything, anything that can be regenerated, regurgitated, we're not speaking the language of our buyer. Okay. So why does somebody buy your product is going to be different for every single buyer. It might be similar, but it's different. Every single buyer is going to be different. So it's on you to do enough research to understand what that value story is specific to that person and then write your value story there. Change your emails each time. 
Awesome. Okay, Lisa's trying to break into the space. What are your go-to for note-taking? For you note mentioned taking. Notion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. So Notion's Notion's one for me. I it just it's it's a good organizer for me. I think um, there's some really amazing um, ChatGPT four like plugins that people are using these days. Mm. Read AI, um, Sales Room. If you guys haven't checked out Sales Room, go check out Sales Room. Really great place to go. Um, you know, it's almost like a Zoom replacement, but it automatically summarizes and details their call. They're going to do automated uh, uh, follow ups soon, which I think is pretty amazing. So there's that. Um, but then. The, the difference being like if you need to write out or type out notes because that's how it it solidifies in your brain um you might find that uh scratch pad is a good option for you um so th th find a tool that makes sense for you that to do notes but then also more important is have a rhythm for notes right i my five is current situation problems impacts ideal solution and benefits and those are my umbrellas for how i take notes and if i don't have all five checked i know i, I missed a piece of discovery that's huge because then you can point back and say, like, what are you missing consistently? Where do you need to focus? That's going in your journal too, yep. right? Some teams yeah. are medic teams. Cool. Make sure you follow the medic framework. Um, but yes. Um, Nick Nicholas asks if you could repeat I could repeat this, that. Right? Current situation, like what's the current situation of the business? Problems, what problems are they facing? Impacts, very different than problems. What's the impact that problem's having on the business? And if that's not some sort of quantitative number, it's not a real problem, Okay um ideal solution like what are they ideally looking for like if they had a magic wand they could paint it in the air what do they ideally want and benefits what would the benefits be to that ideal solution being in place tomorrow graham needs to know actually i just made the name up but i was thinking about my grandmother graham wants to know what your favorite song to sing to us right now as we close down the last three minutes what would you sing if you could <laughs> sing anything to this group of people this group of sellers I don't know. I'm, I think I'm on YouTube somewhere. You just type in my oh. name and then you can find me. I'm singing full time right now on YouTube, folks. Okay. Live, oh. live from whatever year that was. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's 942 in the morning and I still haven't had a caramel brulee. You don't want me to sing right now. <laughs> okay. Next time I will, I'll work that into some sort of agreement. But, um, we dropped Brian's LinkedIn here in the chat. He's doing some awesome stuff. Like he mentioned, Selling for multiple companies, connect yeah. with him, follow his content. Are we out of time? Can I? Can I? We got a couple more minutes. You want to talk about what you're doing? So, for the sellers in this room that think that, hey, I have the ability or some bandwidth to sell, I like, yeah, I'm really good at this one sale that I do, but like, I could be selling another product or I could have this extra time used by like selling some inbound. Um, so, me and my co founders have, are finding a company called Upside It. And we firmly believe that sellers, you all, if given the network and the tools and the opportunity to be successful, would prefer to sell multiple products than just one. And so long as you don't have an, a, a moonlighting clause in your contract with your company, some do. So if you do, yell at your company and tell them that they're from 1973. But that said, um, it, it's, if you don't have that and you're interested in that, we are connecting young founders uh, with uh, senior salespeople so that they can go and close more business, get in, get networked and, and have some opportunity for some more revenue. So yeah, we, uh, we envision a future where we build the platform, um, that, uh, allows you to, and enables you to do that, including things like real-time commissions. Follow me for more. <laughs> and check out Brian's LinkedIn page. Um, 
And we do a daily show every single day. If you're new here, again, you can check us out, sellbetter.xyz, typically at the same time, same place. You can find us there, Brian. Always such a pleasure. Yo, I'll get efficient. Go crush it. Get efficient. Get it done. And remember that whether you win or lose this year, you have to hold yourself to the honesty of what your job was in that in that outcome. So go get it done. If I can be of a resource to any of you, just reach out. Great to great to be with you, Leslie. Thank you. You're awesome. Thanks so much. Good talking to you. We'll see you soon.